I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in, everybody, to the Thursday edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. This is... Buck coming to you from quarantine day four. Clay, my main man, is traveling down to Florida for a live event where he'll be representing the Clay and Buck show in person. So you're rolling with me today, and we have, fortunately, a lot to discuss. Man, I watched all of that Biden press conference yesterday. All of it, because that's the kind of love I have for the content and analysis of this show. I sat through the whole thing. We've got the aftermath of that and uh, certainly the ukrainian prime minister not impressed among many other people not impressed with how joe biden did we've also got the senate failing to break the filibuster or choosing to not break the filibuster better way of putting it 52 48 vote last night kirsten cinema with the eye shout heard round the senate and round round the u.s perhaps uh, deciding that she was not going to allow for this break So what was that all about? What was all the theatrics and the nasty Biden speech? We will break that down for you. And plus, Fauci, we find out a little a little additional bit of information about uh, the not so good doctor, the lab coat tyrant himself, Dr. Fauci. Oh, he'll be making some appearances on the shows today. By all means, trust me, friends, we will get into it. So let's start with the Biden presser yesterday. Uh, Some of you have probably seen some of it. I doubt many of you sat through the whole thing. It went about almost two hours, I think. It was quite lengthy. And here's what I want to just start with for all of you. I'm quite confident, based on what we've heard in the last, uh, well, in this press conference from Biden over the last 24 hours, that year two is going to be even worse. You know, there are a lot of people who are writing Biden's year one is the worst of any president in modern, modern history and... His decision making is so inept. He seems like he's not all there. He's foggy. He's an empty suit. We could go all day with this stuff, right? Yeah, that's all true. But is it going to get any better? And I think the answer is likely for it to actually be about as bad or worse, probably worse in the second year, because he has no political capital. 
The Democrat Party is in a quiet panic behind the scenes about how this guy can't really run again, can he? And if he has no power starting after the midterms and has very little political capital to use now, what exactly was the point of putting this guy forward other than just to stop Trump for four more years, which, let's be honest, for Democrats, anything other than orange man bad was the preference, right? So they've gotten that. But is there anything more that they will get? Um, this is where you, you look at what Joe Biden was saying and doing yesterday in this press conference. You thought you thought to yourself, I, I can't believe this guy is actually the president of the United States. I can't believe that this is what the Democrats have saddled the country with. But let, let's just start with this. You have heard no shortage over the last few years of people who talk about the threat to our democracy from undermining faith in our elections. And this really started, well, actually, it started when they didn't accept the results of the election in the year 2000 in Bush versus Gore. But and, and as you notice, the Democrats never really seem to accept presidential election results that they don't like. But this became a major narrative in 2016 with the Russia collusion hoax that the Democrats cobbled together with the help of a compliant, complicit media. And this was the whole game, right? Oh, it was Russia. It wasn't really a legitimate election. I remember being on the streets of New York City right after Trump beat Hillary Clinton. And it was like a bomb of sadness had gone off in Manhattan. I mean, everyone was just walking around looking like some terrible atrocity had just occurred. And, you know, of course, I was quietly, for the most part, doing backflips down the street. I thought, oh, my gosh, Donald Trump just beat Hillary Clinton. This is amazing. But they were shouting, and I mean literally shouting. There were mobs marching in the streets, shouting, not my president, not my president, not my, you know, screeching all together right away. They didn't even wait for the guy to be sworn in. And there were also people who were claiming right away that it was a illegitimate election. That's where Russia came in. So they just denied the reality of it. And this is supposed to be a grave sin against democracy. Oh, my gosh, this undermines when it's. The Democrats were in power. When the Republicans in power, it's actually necessary. But now they've actually gone beyond that. Joe Biden in the press conference yesterday is essentially doing a preemptive strike against the impending annihilation of Democrats in the midterms, which hasn't happened yet. And we do not we do not count our chickens until they hatch. We have to keep the pedal to the metal on this one. But it's not looking good for them, obviously. So what do they do? Well, they try to get their base both fired up, but also build a little bit of political insurance by already saying, if we don't if we don't get what we want, meaning massive changes to election law to help Democrats, then the actual election that happens next fall is not legitimate. Here's Joe Biden mumbling through this one about the 2022 midterms. Play four. A moment ago, you were asked whether or not you believed that we would have free and fair elections in 2022 if some of these state legislatures reformed their voting protocols. You said that it depends. Uh, do you do you think that they would in any way be illegitimate? Oh yeah, I think it easily can be, be illegitimate. Imagine, imagine if in fact Trump has succeeded in convincing Pence to not count the votes in, in regards to 2022 sir the midterm oh, 2022 election. i mean uh, imagine if those uh, attempts to say that uh, 
the count was not legit. You have to recount it, or we're not going to count. We're going to discard the following votes. I mean, sure, it, 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 I'm not saying it's going to be legit. It's the increase in the prospect of being illegitimate is in direct proportion to us not being able to get these reforms passed. The, I mean, I know that was a bunch of, you know, argle, bargle, malarkey, and whatever. But you, you heard this here. Burp, 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 burp. Uh, it the direct proportion of the legitimacy or illegitimacy of the election is determined. Uh, the, the proportion of it is determined by how much of the voting rights bill agenda Joe Biden gets through, which was just defeated, of course, last night because they're not going to break the filibuster in the Senate to get it through. So what he's really saying is, yeah, it's going to be not that legitimate of an election, folks. It's just not that legitimate. This is where they talk about the voter suppression that's all across the country. But where? Who, who is being suppressed exactly? They, they don't present individuals. They just present a narrative. Where is this voter suppression happening? I have to wonder. But it didn't get better from there. I mean, I'll get into the Russia-Ukraine stuff in, in a few moments because that got a lot of attention from folks. But I, I'm still stuck on what the heck is Joe Biden really doing? I mean, what does this guy think he's accomplishing day in and day out? Or even the people around him that are using him as some kind of pseudo-moderate folksy marionette, you know, that just dances around for people as they pull the strings. Here is, for example, Joe Biden during the press conference yesterday screaming at White House reporter Phil Wegman, and it's he's essentially saying that you better be clear and, you know, better be clear and listen to what I said. And then and then I'm going to say a bunch of things that don't make sense. Play 16. You campaigned and, and you ran on a return to civility. And I know that you dispute the characterization that you called folks who would oppose those voting bills um, as being Bull Connor or George Wallace. But you said that they would be sort of in the, the same camp. No, uh, I didn't say that. Look what I said. Go back and read what I said. And tell me if you think I called anyone who voted on the side of the position taken by Bull Connor that they were Bull Connor. That is an interesting reading of English. You, you, I assume you got into, into journalism because you like to write. So did you expect that that would work with Senators Manchin or, or Cinema? Um, no, here's argument? the thing. There's certain things that are so consequential. You have to speak from your heart as well as your head. I was speaking out forcefully on what I think to be at stake. That's what it is. Let me just tell you what he actually said here, because first of all, he does the usual, hey, I'm mad. I'm mad in their words. I'm going to stare at you while I find the words to yell at you with, and then I'm going to get confused. And maybe I'm going to whisper real loud for no reason. This is the whole this is the whole trope. This is what Biden does. We all we all know the routine, right? It's not impressive. It's not working very well. Here is what he said in that speech, just to be clear. As he goes, you know, go back and read. OK, I'm, I'm reading, Joe. Stop yelling at me. I'm reading. Here you are. I ask every elected official in America, how do you want to be remembered? Do you want to be on the side of Dr. King or George Wallace? Do you want to be on the side of John Lewis or Bull Connor? Do you want to be on the side of Abraham Lincoln or Jefferson Davis? End quote. Okay, that's what he says about a voting rights bill 
that he can't even get all the members of the Democrat Senate to go along with. He created that absurd and really slanderous dichotomy. He's the one that said it's a choice. You know, you can look, you can either be a great civil rights hero or be an evil racist. Up to you, Republicans. This is what he did. And then when he's called out, you'll notice he yells and gets angry. I'm speaking from the heart. And this is why he was, what, um, 76th of 85 at Syracuse Law, class of 68. True story, by the way. Not exactly a, a genius of logic and rhetoric, but president of the United States somehow. We're all seeing what those results are. I will get into the big statement on Russia. What is it that he said about Ukraine and Russia that got everybody so, oh, my gosh, this guy's in charge? This is terrifying. Uh, I will tell you what it is as soon as we come back, friends. And we are just getting started here on the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show. We get a lot of email, a lot of messages about the sponsors of this program. And Nancy, living in Texas, was in touch with us about Relief Factor. Remember, Relief Factor is the 100% drug-free product that addresses joint pain, knee, hip, back, and neck pain. It helps your body reduce pain and inflammation. Now, Nancy writes and shares with us how much she loves Relief Factor. She makes her living teaching people how to ride horses. So you can imagine how stiff and pain-filled she might feel at the end of a long day with five horses and lots of lessons each day. She started using Relief Factor and found she has more stamina now because she no longer hurts. Took her a couple of months to feel as good as she does now, but is absolutely convinced that Relief Factor made all the difference. Created by doctors and based on scientific research, Relief Factor helps your body reduce pain and inflammation associated with aging, exercise, and everyday living. Relief Factor goes to the source of inflammation. Hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor, and about 70% of them go on to order more. Join the more than half a million people and order the three-week quick start for only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to get the 1995 three-week quick start developed for you. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. 
On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. He's never seen sanctions like the ones I promised will be imposed if he moves, number one. Number two, we're in a situation where Vladimir Putin is about to, uh, we've had very frank discussions, Vladimir Putin and I, and uh, the idea that NATO is not going to be united, I don't buy. And so I think what you're going to see is that Russia will be held accountable. If it invades, and it depends on what it does. It's one thing if it's a minor incursion and then we end up having to fight about what to do and not do, etc. But if they actually do what they're capable of doing with the force amassed on the border, it is going to be a disaster for Russia. Persian would be one thing, he said. A lot of people seized on that, including <laughs> including uh, the actual... President uh, Volodymyr Zelensky of Ukraine, um, just as there are, he posted this tweet, just as there are no minor casualties and little grief uh, from the loss of loved ones. I say this as president, as a president of a great power. Um, So he says, we want to remind the great powers there are no minor incursions and no small nations. That was the top of the tweet. And then it was just as there are no minor casualties and little grief from the loss of loved ones. So. No such thing as a minor incursion by Russian military in the Ukraine, according to the president of Ukraine. And I got to say, there was so much Ukraine talk yesterday. It did at some points feel like Joe Biden was, oh, I don't know, getting paid by the board of Burisma or something, you know, 10 percent for the big guy. A lot of talk about Ukraine. And, And here's where we are. Nobody really thinks that Joe Biden is taken seriously by much of the rest of the world, certainly by any of our adversaries. I mean, maybe the fancy latte drinkers in Paris and Brussels are Joe Biden fans compared to Trump. Sure. But our adversaries, the people that wish Americans and American interests harm, they don't look at Joe Biden and think, oh, well, this is a guy that we better not cross. They figure, hmm, he's a he's a patsy, a pushover. He doesn't want to do too much because then he'll have to actually make decisions along the way. So now's the time to push. You'll notice a fascinating recent historical reality. When did Ukraine have that uh, fraudulent, depending on who you ask and which news sources you go to, but it does. It is believed by the international community to be fraudulent referendum in Crimea or illegal referendum in Crimea. Uh, It was under Obama, when Biden was vice president, when did the actual incursion into Ukraine by Russian-backed paramilitaries, when did that start? Oh, that's right. It started under Obama when Biden was vice president. And yet we heard for how many years that Trump was a Russian stooge. 
Trump blew up, or rather the U.S. military while Trump was commander-in-chief, blew up, what, almost 200 Russian paramilitaries in the Syrian desert who were threatening our Kurdish allies in the fight against ISIS? Trump sent to Ukraine, just remember this, specifically sent to Ukraine munitions, including the Javelin anti-tank missiles and sniper rifles for long-range contact, that the Obama administration, and I, I debated the Obama NSC director for Ukraine on this and got him to admit it directly years ago, would not send that stuff because they didn't want to, the Obama team didn't want to antagonize, didn't want to antagonize the Russians, and Trump sent that stuff. And now here we are with Biden, and the Russians have over 100,000 troops massed. It looks like they're going in, folks. I don't know. I hope it doesn't happen. I feel badly for the Ukrainian people, but it's also not our fight. It's just not. It is not our fight. We should not send troops. We should not send soldiers. And anyone who is suggesting otherwise, uh, we got to have a really serious disagreement aired out in public. It's not our battle. We've done too much of that in recent years, recent decades. And it's time for the American people to be first and foremost concerned with the interest of Americans. Right? I don't even think the Biden regime is so foolish as to overstep what is necessary here in response to Russia. Yeah, there'll be sanctions, there'll be a diplomatic stuff, economic reactions. Um, but if Putin's going in, well, it looks like Biden just gave him a little wink and a nod. You know, hey, look, if we're going to go in, don't, don't go in too much, just a little bit. If you're going to cause problems. Don't make the problems the kind that are going to make me look stupid on TV. And that's pretty much it. And I'm sure Putin was watching and saying, hmm, could be worse. So this is where we are, friends. What's the latest on uh, Dr. Fauci and the fight against Omicron, the realities we're seeing play out with the numbers, the data? I'm going to get into all of that with you. There's something you don't know about Fauci that you got to know. And I'm going to tell you when we come back in a moment. Look, often the companies that you spend money on, they give a lot of money to political candidates. You don't even know about it. Companies you trust for one thing, they make political contributions and you have no idea. Consider the company you rely on for cell phone service and the bill you're paying each month. Your money supports the candidates and issues that that company donates to. If you look closely, you're probably going to find out they're supporting leftist politicians pushing commie agendas. But there's a solution. Pure Talk. Get your cell phone service from Pure Talk. They use the exact same towers. The exact same 5G network as one of those companies making those contributions. But with Pure Talk, you get the peace of mind that your dollars are supporting a veteran-run business with employees here in the U.S. And you're going to get a lower monthly bill probably half what your current cell phone bill is from your cell phone right now dial pound 250 and say pure talk you'll save an additional 50 percent off your first month that's dial pound 250 and say pure talk welcome back to the clay travis and buck sexton show i'm riding solo today because clay is in transit down to a live event for this show in florida in our Fort Myers uh, affiliate, and we're very thankful that they are going to be hosting Clay. And I, because I am in quarantine, I am in untouchable and unseeable because I have to stay in my apartment, so I'm unable to go. Um, but that's why I'm rolling solo today, and I appreciate you being here with me. And we have a lot to discuss. Also, please check out the Buck Sexton Show podcast, which I release first thing in the morning, actually, before radio. Subscribe to it and the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast, which is posted hour by hour. But I do a little rundown. It's kind of how I uh, 
get get fired up and ready to go for this big show all across the country on the Buck Sexton Show podcast. So check it out. Now, we have a battle going on when it comes to Omicron that it feels like the libs are increasingly just in denial about. And, and let, let me say one thing to you. We have, and I have to be very careful, because if I ever get ahead of where things are, even if it's a prediction or raising a, a question, you know, I might end up with some hit piece in a major newspaper or on a TV channel or something, right? So I just want to say this. Given the realities that we know about hospitalization and mortality for those who had just the first round, not, not including boosters in this, the first round of vaccinations in the UK and in Israel, I am very curious. I think it's very important for us to see what the actual data tells us about how many of the people right now they're saying around 800, I'm sorry, 1800 a day on average are dying from COVID in the United States. Still a high number. And they would lead you to believe that 99 out of 100 of them, more or less, based on the rhetoric, are the unvaccinated. Is that really true? I'm just asking the question, is is that really the number? Because I've seen hospitalization data stretching back uh, over a month ago that showed in some states 30 percent were, were uh, vaccinated and hospitalized. So wouldn't the mortality data also track more closely with that? Why aren't we getting more clarity on this? Asking those questions. I'm going to return to this, I'm sure, in about a month or two and say, yeah, about those numbers. Just like how we've seen with the hospitalization data, I think there was a piece coming out of the Daily Mail in the UK suggesting that a large percentage, um, I think it said 40% of hospitalizations that the National Health Service of the UK were dealing with were not, in fact, um, primarily for COVID. Well, if 40% of your number isn't really for COVID hospitalization, I mean, your COVID hospitalization numbers are wildly inflated, right? We can all agree with this. But you see, there's a momentum to power and control. Once the machinery of control, once the apparatus is fully underway, it's not only hard to turn it off, it doesn't want to turn off. And that's what you're seeing with the Democrats and Fauciism right now. They've gotten used to this. And they're terrified about what happens the moment that they don't have it. At best, what they would like to do is what we saw in the past after the first round of major vaccinations in the spring of 2021, when they said, OK, no more masks. We're all done. We're... But they always kept the masks on planes. They always kept in the background the right to turn back up the control dial on all of us. And now, as we know, we're not quite at 11, but we're getting getting close to it on that dial. Spinal Tap reference for those of you who haven't seen the movie. Probably the most famous line of that whole movie. It goes to 11. Um, so now we're dealing with the rejection of results and data and the experience of the American people, both from Biden and the press conference. The economy's great. You just don't know it. The shelves are totally full. You just don't know it. Inflation's going to come down as we spend trillions on Build Back Better. You just got to trust me. These are the things he's saying. We also have a Democrat apparatus that isn't being honest about what we're seeing when it comes to COVID specifically. Like, what's actually happening here in our battle against COVID? Why is it that the Flint school system, for example, just said they're going on indefinite remote status? What? Biden says 95% of schools are open. Okay, 100% of schools should be open. 
100%. Should be 95%. That's a lot of schools that are closed across the nation. 5% of the you know tens of thousands of schools we're talking about here. Uh, that's, that's a lot of kids that are getting left out. So what's going on? Why is the Democrat Party coming down more harshly on the wall? As we know, because teachers, unions, Democrat power structure, you know, a lot of, a lot, a lot of lazy, self-indulgent public sector unions involved here that always raise money for and vote for Democrats. So the kids suffer. The kids suffer. And that's what I really wanted to focus on for right now. The amount of forced sacrifice that the Democrats and the Fauciites have put children through and young people through for COVID is appalling. They have normalized and even mandated child abuse, making children eat their lunch outside in 30-degree weather with a mask on because adults are too stupid or too cowardly or both to let the kids be indoors for lunchtime is child abuse. If we were a more sane and normal society right now, we would send people to prison for doing this. Instead, Fauci and the other lab coat fascists run around applauding this kind of stuff, essentially giving cover to it. You know, you can never mask enough. You can never be cautious enough. This is what we get. Masking of school children continues while masking of adults does not. Children are not at risk from COVID and do not spread COVID in significant numbers. Okay, the problem is we can never say zero. And so we can't actually win these rhetorical battles. This really does matter. You know, when I say masks don't work, they say, yes, they do. Okay, maybe maybe 5% filtration might limit 1% of cases in a given area or something. You're going to act like psychos. And they turned around a plane. This just happened from Miami to London. Think that people are all ready to go to London. You know, have like tea and crumpets. They're all ready to do this. And the plane turns around because someone on the plane wouldn't mask up properly. The whole plane gets turned around. This is lunacy. I mean, you're masking up between bites to begin with. There is no medical basis for this. Oh, but our transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg, you know, he's on it when he's not on paternity leave or whatever. Yeah, he's on it, making sure that we all have to mask up all the time. It's absurd. Why are we masking children and not adults? Because adults vote and kids don't and kids don't have power and they're being forced to suffer. And their brainwashed parents, in many cases, who watch too much MSNBC, go along with all of this. Here is Florida Surgeon General Dr. Latipo talking about forcing the masking of school children is just completely unnatural and unnecessary. Play clip seven. We've entered this. It's just a very bizarre period that we're in where people are just willfully denying data. I mean, I don't know how anyone at this point in the pandemic, having seen country after country, including this country, and state after state, essentially have similar surges throughout this pandemic, regardless of whether they have mask mandates, whether they force the kids to mask in school, whether they adopt the vaccine passports, there's really no substantial difference. So, you know, I feel that so many leaders right now are essentially data deniers. They are, because if they were to look at the data, they would have to admit that what they've done is wrong. And if they admit that what they've done is wrong, people who have been suffering through this and particularly parents who recognize that masking your kid up with an N95 is a form of psychosis 
that adults are imposing on children. All right. They're making kids suffer for their own. The adults neurological insufficiencies. That this would be a problem for leftists who are obsessed with power and who also can't go about their normal lives without constantly mask shaming uh, shaming others and acting like lunatics. Right. This is what we are up against. Oh, I promised you something about Fauci. I promise you something about Fauci. I, I will double promise that I will get to it when we come back in a moment. You do need to hear this. But then also I want you to hear the words of a woman in the UK, young woman uh, who just finished university level, and what she says about what they've been put through there, what young people have been put through by cowardly, selfish, power-hungry adults all over the world, but particularly here in America, and they're called Democrats, what they've been put through is appalling during COVID. It has not kept them safe. It has just made them miserable and anxious and depressed. We'll get into all of it in just a moment. Plus, you hear the funny stuff about Fauci, I promise you. Do you have a MyPillow? You absolutely need to get my pillows. I mean, they are game changers for your sleep. I also love the my slippers. I'm stuck here in quarantine. Guess what? I get to shuffle around all day with my feet comfy in my my slippers. And I've got the Giza Dream sheets, which I absolutely love. But I told you about those slippers for a limited time. The my slippers are 50 percent off with promo code Clay, Clay and Buck. That's a 50 percent discount when you use promo code Clay and Buck. These slippers offer all-day comfort with extra cushioning, and they're made to wear both in and outside the home. Make sure to also check out their overstock sale that includes deep discounts on select pillows, towels, sheets, and more for a limited time. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener specials to check out this sale, and for 50% off the My Slippers. I love them. I'm actually wearing them right now. Remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Enter promo code Clay and Buck or call 800-792-3269. That's promo code Clay and Buck and call them now 800-792-3269 for these great radio specials. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. 
On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show. And I'm rolling solo today, Clay traveling. So it's just Buck in quarantine. I got to tell you, it this was probably a, a third of the COVID that I dealt with the first time around. Maybe, maybe at about a 25 or 30% of what it was. The, the first time I got COVID, it, I'm sure a lot of you know what I'm talking about. So I've had it twice now, <laughs> confirmed twice COVID. Uh, the first time it was rough. Um, the second time, this is, you know, I mean, I got to keep people safe, so I'm in quarantine, but I would not have, based on symptoms, missed a day of work for this. And I haven't missed a day of radio, of course, but you get what I'm saying. All right, Fauci. This is a guy who I wish had missed a lot of days of work by resigning um, or being fired, even better, a long time ago. This was the New York Post. I just think this is so perfect. I've told you all I think he's a little lab coat tyrant, and he absolutely is. He's also a megalomaniac, it's clear. I think this is a guy who, and yes, he is also a notable alumni from my high school, which is a fun fact, uh, but this is a guy for whom his entire life has been building to this moment, and he has seized it with everything he has, and this is what this is what he lives for now, to be in the center of this. I mean, he is the, in his mind, four-star general of the war against COVID, right? He's the theater commander so to speak, of this battle against COVID. Now, of course, they've overrun our defenses. They've made a mockery of most of what we've done. You know, Fauci is essentially the architect of an epidemiological Maginot line, but he goes around now saying, oh, I did a great job. I'm the best. I'm amazing. If you question me, you question science, which is remarkable. But I would add that, you know how there was... A time when Gretchen Whitmer, who was really the queen of the lockdowns, if you recall, the governor of Michigan, she had a for and prominently displayed. So you could see it during her televised hits. She had a Fauci pillow in the background. I mean, it might as well have said in Fauci, we trust embroidered on it. But she had a little Fauci pillow just to let everybody know what team she was playing for the whole time. Team Fauci. Well, if you think that it's only people who are trying to score points who are in elected office, I got news for you. It's Fauci himself reporting from the New York Post that Fauci in his home office, get this, has a painting, a big painting of his face on the wall and his own bobblehead doll on the table. So in case anyone's wondering, am I the greatest fighter of virus in the history of the human race? I would have to look at the data and do a complex assessment of meticulous nature to let you know, yes, I am the single greatest fighter of virus in history. I am Lord Fauci. Bow before 
my greatness. This is where we are. This is who is the primary voice. Oh, forget about what he said about COVID in the past. Forget about all this stuff when it came to blocking transmission and masking and how effective it would be and lockdowns. And I just go through all how he wouldn't stand up for opening schools in the fall of 2021 because he's a coward. Forget about all that. And sometimes I think an external voice can be really helpful in understanding what's going on here. Sometimes you hear somebody outside the U.S. discussing a problem they have, and it illuminates, wow, we've got something just like that going on here. For example, a young British political commentator named Sophie uh, Corcoran talked on a British TV show about, because, you know, Britain has just ended masking by government decree. And let me tell you this right now. The second that it's not a the second they can't arrest you in this country for refusing to mask or kick you off a plane, you're going to have huge numbers of people stop masking altogether. It's only force of government that makes people do this. Okay, most of us have realized this is idiocy. Not everybody. Thirty percent of the country is insane and still watches MSNBC and CNN, but or actually much less than that because they have crappy ratings. But you know what I'm saying? They believe those ideas. Britain has gotten rid of mask mandates by government as of, I think, next week. Done. Gone. Hmm. Interesting. I guess they want to have a big experiment in mass death or whatever the libs will say about it. But here's this young British political commentator talking about the impacting impact that lockdowns and masking had on her and other young people like her. Listen. It literally ruined our lives. And nobody, sp- nobody spoke about it at all. And the commentators, they had union reps come on and say, this is what the school should have put in place. And they didn't care about what this did to us. And this is the first time I've ever spoken about it on TV because I knew that I'd cry about it. But I literally watched and felt like my entire life was falling apart because of what this government did to young people. And nobody cares. Not one person has cared about children in this pandemic. They think, oh, let's throw... Why are we putting masks on them where people can go to football stadiums and they can go to theatres and yet we're disrespecting kids? This pandemic will finish. The damage this has done for us is forever. And we'll never get it back. She's absolutely right. The lockdowners, the Fauciites, made kids suffer more needlessly than anybody else during this pandemic. Young people who had the least risk from the virus and were the least likely to transmit it to anybody else to begin with. They made them suffer the most. And they don't care about what they've done to these kids. They think they're the good guys. They think that the people who shut down schools did so because they wanted to keep everybody safe. They shut down schools because they're lazy and they're cowards. It was reckless to do this. It was not rooted in science. It was not rooted in the truth. (sighs) You know, not everyone was shutting down all this stuff. Some people in some places were standing up and saying this is madness. And actually, some politicians held the line. Florida, as we know, is a good example of this. And we have Senator Rick Scott from the great state of Florida who will be joining us here in just a few minutes to talk about, first of all, what happened last night with these Senate uh, shenanigans, but also what's going on in Florida. What kind of results have they had as a result of actually following the data instead of following St. Fauci into the abyss of lockdowns and the madness all around it? We're going to dive into that together, friends. And also some updates on the NCAA's transgender sports policy and an appearance by our friend Matt Walsh on the Dr. Phil Show. We'll talk about all that coming up. 
You're listening to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.